Welcome to the Awakened Body, a safe space for women to reconnect with their bodies and awaken their intuition to lead their most radiant, fulfilled lives. I look forward to connecting with you today. This is a very special guest episode I did for the Restorative Pulse. Um, they agreed to let me share it here. But if you're interested in finding out more, you can check out the Restorative Pulse on Instagram or Integrate Network. Um, a very special community sharing trauma-sensitive practices, exploring belonging and holding space. Um, I really enjoyed this and I hope you do as well. All right. Hey, everyone. It's Julie Johnson, uh, founder of Integrate and the guest, uh, I guess the co-founder, I always say that, and the host of the um, Restorative Pulse podcast. This is episode 17, I think, season one. We've like really put out like a really like probably uh, such a great like um, just some really good episodes this season um, that keeps keeps giving. This is like our bonus season. So um, we have Corey um, with us, who is um, a restorative yoga teacher and a nurse um, who specializes specifically in um, grief um, after pregnancy loss. And I'm really, she, she's a um, provider on our integrate list. And I am really excited to have her come on and talk more about the work she does around holding space. And you're going to hear her a couple of times over the next couple of episodes and in season two, when we talk specifically about grief. Um, but she just is like a wealth of knowledge on grief and working with grief through the nervous system and through yoga. So um, I'm a big fan. So Corey, <laughs> you are on. Hi. Tell us more Julie, about thank you. you. Okay. Well, um, Let's see, I've spent my, my entire career working with grief um, as a nurse, and I specialize in palliative care, actually, and I, it took me a long time to come to a space where I realized that I just really love it, and I'm really, really passionate about um, grief work and passionate about people and helping them, coming alongside them and holding a space so they can, can explore grief on their own. Um, and so a few years ago, I took my yoga teacher training, um, and quickly realized when I was in the program that it was such a perfect fit for me because I discovered restorative yoga, which is exactly what I do with my nursing about, um, just creating a lovely space for people to explore their bodies and explore their emotions, um, in a way that, integrates the body and um so I I jumped I dive right into teaching restorative yoga and that's pretty much all I teach now um and then for my own personal experience I've had a few pregnancy losses and I'm currently pregnant and so going through that pregnancy after loss experience um and so today I really, really wanted to talk about, I felt called to talk about holding space and what that means because I think we're all aware of our situation in the world right now. And it's, it's becoming challenging, I think, for everyone who's going through something, but then their neighbor's also going through something and family's going through something and friends. 
and and what do we do with all of that um and people ask me all the time like how do you do what you do how how can you be a palliative care nurse and how can you teach yoga for grief and what what does that even mean um and so I think the crux of it is around holding space um, and, and how do we do that? So I guess that's what we're gonna dive in. So where, where would you like me to start with that? Well, first I just wanna say that I've, um, just because we're on virtual space a lot of times right now and definitely like almost 100% of the time on this, on our platform, I just wanna say I took Corey's um, restorative yoga class for grief like two weeks ago and I like one thing I love I was going to tell you Corey um, and I have the opportunity to say it before I get into something else is yeah because I've watched her talk I've watched her hold space this is my my segue okay um, and I've heard her do it I've been a part of it and I fell asleep at the very end of it so it's great um, and we actually addressed grief and I still fell asleep <laughs> so it was like it was like the most like relaxing exploration of grief ever um, which I know is not always the case but you got you got your voice is really good that's <laughs> all I'm saying you've got a great voice mm. um, so um, but one thing I was gonna say that was really great about your restorative these restorative yoga classes that you do virtually around grief is that I think is like different from like trauma work can't wait to talk about the difference between trauma work and grief work I cannot wait to have these conversations more um, so <laughs> like this is like why Victoria and I made the decision to go ahead and move forward into like expanding into the, you know, into the, com and I was like, this is great. We're going to hear from Corey a lot. But one thing I love that was different than like what we hear, like a lot of trauma sensitive talks that you do. And I know it's different in just different ways of processing is in, in your yoga class, you were like, you know, um, talking about letting yourself, I guess we do kind of talk about it in that world like letting yourself go into the emotion as far as you need to. And I thought that was really brilliant, especially in a yoga space. Does that make sense? Like that was really, mm -hmm. I thought that the way that you gave permission for that was really beautiful. That's what I was going to tell you. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. And I really loved how you used, like you created space to, at least from my experience, to create space where I felt safe enough to do that. So, um, Anyway, I loved that, that you that you gave space to that. And you even put in your email. I was like, I love that she even put that in her email. <laughs> it's like that you even said that. I was like, I love the way you your language around around grief work is really beautiful. So anyway, you can talk about that more now. That okay. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, I think that's that's just where we should start then is um, there's a lot of different layers, I think, to holding space and, and what it could mean specifically for different providers and for you. Um, the first thing I think is you need to have clarity around what exactly are you trying to do? What is your intention? Mm -hmm. So holding space, if you think of the idea of space, there's some sort of physical plane maybe, or you could call mm -hmm. it an energetic space, but you have to create containers but you need to know exactly what kind of container you're creating so this is why it can be challenging because um 
you as a provider or therapist or coach or whatever you're doing have to take a moment and think, what is my intention? And in the work I do where on grief, one of the common themes that I see is this idea of permission. And I've experienced it myself. A lot of what I experience as trauma or um, angst and frustration is just around the idea of permission is I don't feel like there's a space I've been given permission, whether I haven't given myself that permission or someone else hasn't to go even go there for grief. So, and I hear it a lot from my patients and, and from students in classes, just feeling safe enough, giving that permission to explore and that it's on the table. One of the things I love to do the most is just put it out on the table. Name it for what it is, call it for what it is. It's grief and it's yucky sometimes and it sucks and we're scared of it. So why not we just put that out there? And you still have the choice whether you wanna go there or not. But the space, the container has been created for that. So knowing what your intention is, is one of the first levels of, of kind of understanding what holding space means. What exactly am I trying to do here? Right. That makes sense? I, yeah, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Okay. And I like one thing that I like that you said about the permission that goes into like mindfulness and a little bit of just, I think, yeah, emotional intelligence, I think is the what I'm going to say is mm -hmm. one, giving permission and two, I think educating I think to a certain degree people have a choice of how much they want to explore or even feel sometimes of a specific yes. unpleasantness let's say <laughs> you know yeah I think that's really a very powerful um thing to acknowledge and just sit with that that's we can have a choice on that you know yeah. that we can instead of fe feeling flooded by grief we can maybe learn to titrate that emotion a little bit, right? That's where titration is really great if you want to go in the deep yeah. nervous system talk. But titration yeah. of the emotion is really great. So thanks for bringing that to the surface. I love that. And I like the, per that, and I think you talk a lot about like, you know, giving permission is like acknowledging the yes. elephant in the room. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like by naming it, you give it a, you give whatever the space is, you give it a presence and then the whoever it is, the people get to discern what they do with the presence. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah. So, and that's the other kind of the next the st next step with with creating a container. And if you say you're giving people permission, you also have to acknowledge that then they have a choice. So it's an invitation. It's not a command. It's an invitation, um, and that creates safety. And that's why I, I think I particularly had an affinity to restorative yoga because restorative yoga inherently is about choice. So it's not about creating a particular shape and you have to move your body in a particular way and control your breath in a certain way. All of the choices are up to the individual person who's practicing the restorative yoga. I'm simply yeah. a guide. I'm simply walking you through some suggestions and, bit, and literally my only job is to create that energetic space. If you wanna lay there the whole time, fabulous. If your choice is to check out, 
fabulous. If you choose to move a bit faster or slower, use more props, less props, all of those things, it's an invitation and it's what's right for you. So what I started to notice with restorative yoga is sometimes that was the first time a person had ever felt like they had permission to have a choice with their own body even in something what seems so simple as a yoga class, that that was maybe the first time in someone's life that they, they were given permission to have a choice with their own body and how they moved it and how they breathed mm -hmm. and how they took up space. And that yeah. is, is why I've connected it to grief because those are kind of two very similar things. A lot of people don't feel like they have choice with grief. When you hear a lot of the angst and the talk around grief, it's that, well, I don't get to grieve in the way I want to grieve. I don't get to grieve in the timeline I want or with the people I want or, right? And the list goes on and on. So connecting yeah, it, it to our own bodies and having that choice um, grounds it a bit. Yeah, and I think that's really powerful um, because there are a lot of intersections over trauma and grief. Um, yeah. You know, and I think there's even traumatic grief, as you and I have talked about. Yeah. Um, ad nauseum, I think, uh, in several <laughs> several situations, you know. Um, and I think that creating, telling someone, because there isn't, like, I feel like we're, we're getting in, I think, because of COVID, I feel like we're getting into this conversation and we're probably helping to usher, usher it there. Um, but this conversation around what grief looks like, because for so long grief has always been around people you lose right and now we're in mm -hmm. COVID which is kind of the essence of the top of the urgency of the conversation right now mm -hmm. and um you know I'm hearing more talks about like what I'm experiencing which is like ambiguous grief right mm -hmm. and like people don't have a language around the things that they miss you know, like they don't have a language around this because we don't know grief. Like we, I think we've come to know trauma recently, you know, this is still like, we're still developing new language around it. Right. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. and I think that's, what's so powerful about your work. And I've always thought it was super powerful was, is that your restorative yoga and the, the space that you hold creates new language around that, that I am always very impressed by and inspired by. Mm. Thank you. So, yeah. so I think that that would bring me to the next point and it's mm -hmm. maybe a bit of a step back with holding space is mm -hmm. everything we do is about relationships. And sometimes we forget that. We forget that we are actually, even as providers, um, actually, especially as when you're a provider, I think we are still in a relationship with other people. That means we can have an effect. We're not above them, below them. We're on equal ground. We're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So what we feel and think and have experienced does affect people. So taking that step back and having that consciousness about yourself, what are my belief systems around this? How do I feel um, bringing those things to, to a consciousness and being aware of it because mm -hmm. people have a radar for authenticity. It does mm -hmm. not mean holding a perfectness 
an air of perfectness or having to have everything together, but it's about being authentic. And if I have gone there and I've acknowledged to myself that I have some things going on, if I acknowledge to myself that grief is real, but I don't have it all together, people sense that. So we have to include ourselves in that holding space. We're not separate from the other, we're together. Mm -hmm. And I, it's really hard to do, I think, especially when we're all going through stuff, it's really hard to be included in that, that I bring my presence, myself into this, um, and then hold space for, for everybody else to have their experience. Yeah, and I think that, that I mean, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I will say that because I teach yoga, you know, four days a week, you mm-hmm. know, for evenings and night. And I know for me, you know, like it's always, at least in, not all the trainings I've been in, definitely not, to, not definitely not in the training like 200, but a little bit in my 300, you know, it's been talked about like not you not filling the space with your mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and that's like a super yoga thing you know yep it is and I and it goes against all my trauma sensitive stuff (laughs) like it goes against all of my training like on trauma sensitive yoga and you know circles like all my circles training I've had restorative circles training because like it does exactly I was like yeah everything like I know and the way I am and then like I go into like a yoga studio and I go teach and I obviously bring that the essence you talk about but I just wanted I'm just highlighting that difference because yes. I, there's a lot of people that are yoga teachers and space holders that I think that's that's new for. That's why I'm saying this. And, you know, what do you say to that? Like in that situation, like what do you do with, with that for you? Well, it's, it's the same thing I would say to, I say to nurses all the time. You bring you into a room. You can't put you on other people though. So, right, you... You can't necessarily, it's not necessarily right either to, to be talking about all your experiences when you're trying to walk someone else through their experience and to be entering into their experience. There still needs to be a boundary, but it means you, you, it's more about you acknowledging to yourself that you have those things as well Mm -hmm. and that it's part of you. So you can't separate that. And anybody who thinks they can is just fooling themselves. Right. So even I understand where the language is coming from about saying, you know, leave your stuff at the door. Um, you're the teacher now, or you're the nurse now, you're the provider now, all of those things. I understand that. But we're humans. We can't do that. And that's where the mm. problem starts is when we try to do that, when we try to separate parts of ourselves instead of we recognizing our wholeness exactly and I think that COVID is showing us that you know I think COVID is at least in the school system you know like yeah you know I mean we're I mean I'm doing virtual learning in my house you know and my, my mm-hmm. kids will regularly show up in my <laughs> with my zooms like they just did five minutes ago but like you know it's all happening at one time and like the world reflects that. And I think that that is new 
And mm. there's a lot of exploration around that because it's showing us that, especially when we start going to like a virtual environment where we're working from our homes, kids are learning, you know, all and it's all happening at one time. So we see that we're wholeness. We see that visual manifestation, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's in, actually embodied manifestation, really. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's interesting because we can't even, it's like really, I mean, I guess, sure, we can deny it all we want to. We have United States is full of examples of that right now. Um, but for the for the rest of us, you know, it's getting harder and harder to deny that our experiences and compartmentalize it, you know? Yeah. So I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think, and I think there's a boundary, like, you know, I think like what you said, there's boundaries around it. But like, since we're talking a little bit strategy, you know, like one thing, and, I, and I've heard you say it too, in your class, whatever, on thir- last Thursday, was, you know, I think you do, I think there's an element of, like, when I'm teaching yoga, I'll say, like, in my body, this is what it feels like. And then, like, what is it like for you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can do it in a way that is, like, you're not giving, you know, you're not talking you're not making the space about yours, but you're just reflecting on what's happening for you and your experience as a teacher, you know, which I think is kind of cool too, you know? So you're not projecting um, your experience on another person. And that kind of brings me to the last kind of point I wanted to, to mm-hmm. touch on is about empathy. Yeah. Where we need to have, I think this whole time is highlighting the amount of compassion and grace and empathy we need to have for each other. And the way I like to talk about empathy is you have a space, someone's having their experience. You are also there having your own experience, but you do not enter into their experience. You do not try Mm -hmm. to take it on. Mm -hmm. Neither do you force them to take your experience each person gets to have their own experience, but you're there with someone in that moment. Yeah. And so that's where the invitational language really comes in handy of saying, like you said, I use, I use that in my nursing practice all the time. Well, other people who've been in this situation sometimes say this, sometimes they wonder about this. Is that true for you as well? Or what would you call it? Yeah. Um, Naming things specifically, but still giving an invitation. I wonder, I noticed your body language shifted here. Is that because of this or what would you call it? And still giving an invitation where it's not, it's not forcing someone to have an experience, but it's still recognizing that something is going on. Yeah, I think that's really really, really, um, a really good reflection. And I mean, and that's, I think, you know, I think like, you know, you bring up a really good point. Like I remember going through like the trauma sensitive stuff, like TCTSY training, you know, mm-hmm. um, at the embodiment, um, what does it call it? The trauma and embodiment center. That's what it's mm-hmm. called now. And I remember being, going through all the training there. I remember being like, isn't this like what we want to do? Like, you know, I'm like, just this, on a day-to-day right isn't this just like you know like what you just said and I love that you're a nurse so much Corey because like you this is why I love talking to people that are like yoga and I'm a, a, some sort of other human service provider because like you interweave it so well and I'm like yes you, you took it into your nursing like I take the yoga into like the classroom or that classroom the 
virtual spaces and you know schools I'm in all the time right is I'm like Mm -hmm. people always like oh you have such a solid understanding of you know trauma sensitive schools and like it's I actually got most of it from trauma sensitive yoga Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I think I got most of my my skill set from that and my own work and my own healing process but you know but I love that you do that and I you're like one of the few a handful of other people I know that that regularly weave that in so I just I love that (laughs) I love that you bring that in to to your nursing as well well I think that's about recognizing our own wholeness Mm -hmm. and and like I said before people sense that whether they real they even can acknowledge to themselves consciously what they think is going on because again things go back to language and we don't have a lot of language around these things but they right. sense it and they feel it. So if you can recognize your own wholeness, so the different parts of ourselves that we try to keep separate, but they're not, they're still all of us. So that was mm-hmm. a big one for me is recognizing my wholeness and that I love my nursing practice, but I've always been a very spiritual person, a very, a very in tune with my body, intuitive person and being able to integrate those pieces all the time so I integrate my medical knowledge into my my yoga classes and do a little bit of teaching about the body because it grounds what people are feeling and it grounds some of the the mental space when you can connect it to your body and what you're what's going on in your body in a very safe I don't want to say controlled, but in small pieces, because we have to be real about that, that grief is really scary because it feels like an uncontrolled freight train. And that's why we don't want to Mm -hmm. go there. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that your language, and I love that you bring in the trauma sensitive aspects to grief. I think that's really profound and really really awesome and I love that you have have always brought those together I mean I I think you um I think we I think we talked for the first time about two or three years two years ago yeah and I remember I was like that was amazing I was like whoa someone that talks that's brought in trauma and grief together so well that was one thing that stood out among everyone I think that, that at the time we were taking applications we were like whoa Corey talks about it and interweaves it so well in your work and your languaging. So we even picked it up from your application when, when the days we did application. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's beautiful about your work and so necessary for the times that we're in for sure. So, well, I'll just say one thing about that, I think is that part of why we don't feel like we have permission to go places is we feel like it makes us the other. It, we feel like, it makes us different than other people and no one wants to be different, right? We all want to belong. But the thing about right. it is, is there is a lot of relationship between trauma and grief. And like you said, we should just be using these trauma-informed practices on the daily. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be some special thing. This should, I don't like the word should, I feel like this is a healthier way of, mm-hmm. of of being and practicing and relating to people is understanding that it's part of, of just, it's part of feeling, it's part of being human. 
that, that these things happen and that trauma can happen or that someone has had trauma happen. Um, so normalizing it in that sense where we talk about it, you don't make it a big deal. It doesn't have to be some grandiose thing recognizing it as a thing though so not trivializing it but normalizing some of it and normalizing space to talk about it normalizing space to feel it yeah absolutely no I'm right with you yeah I love that and I think we're going to need that going into 2021 um a lot um to have more a more nuanced conversation around that um for sure which we're which we're going to do yep (laughs) actually <laughs> Corey, Corey and I are just this is this is just the beginning this is just the <laughs> so um yeah I think that's really I think that's really beautiful about um your work and the way you've done things and um and I love that you're going to keep doing some of those restorative yoga circles yeah. um I think that's awesome um do you want to talk a little bit more about those since you have a couple coming up yeah so I um keep doing the the yoga for grief and I'm I'm offering that as something free right now um as an invitation for people to start to explore because sometimes it like I said it can be very scary um and so it's it's a start it's a way to to just open the door I guess um but in the new year I'll be running um a pregnancy after loss circle, I've called it sacred space. Um, as a specific, my specific intention is to create a space for those, those people who have experienced pregnancy, infant loss, and are now pregnant, because that's a very different space to be in. Um, and it's a very specific kind of grief and, and often a lot of trauma is related around that. Um, It's a specific way to explore the body. Um, And yeah, so that's, that's where my intention is with that is, is really naming that, that space very specifically for people. So they understand the, the permission that they have um, um, to explore and, and to explore the full range of emotion because me being pregnant right now too, I, I like, I understand that, like you have all of these, these feelings. And I think everybody does right now too, all of these, you still have life happening where you have beautiful moments and magical moments, but then you also have what we call the darker emotions. So grief or sadness, anxiety, things like that. Um, and just having a space to explore them all. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think that's great that you, that that's kind of how you, and I, and I think it's really great that you differentiate between the different kinds of grief. You know, I think that's really yeah. specific um, and very um, powerful and very necessary. So, cause I have my friends that have had pregnancy loss and stuff like that, they have talked about that explicitly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like a specific, there's a, and especially how to talk about their bodies too. I hear specific language around it that, yeah that echoes what you just said so um anything else before we before we um conclude this podcast with Corey (laughs) um 
I think the last thing that's just coming up for me is is around it's just around that wholeness that you don't have to have everything figured out and man this has been a struggle of my own and that's why maybe I I talk about it a lot is feeling that perfectness that you have to have everything done right and done perfectly before it's any good at all right and recognizing that we we get to show up however we are as a human but acknowledge that right so when I teach yoga sometimes like life happens right like you're late or whatever happens and recognizing that recognizing my humanness so coming to a class sometimes I'll say hey let's ground I mean I need to ground like let like I talk about I just came out of whatever and I'm sorry I do we just need a second let's um, and some people may not like that. They may not like the humanness in that, and that's fine, right? But they maybe not, don't come to that class. Um, There's, you know what, you, you bring up a really good point about that. And I think sometimes, like, you know, we were talking earlier before we started recording about, like, we were talking about, like, podcasts and, like, how this, like, podcast is, like, totally, like, you know, it's totally DIY. I call it the grassroots podcast because, like, <laughs> you know, we do it whatever we record we do it <laughs> it was like yeah. whatever is said is like is gonna be said because like that's why I have very specific questions in the way we route things but you know it's like those aren't the people the people that want highly produced podcasts like they're gonna they're not gonna want to listen to this podcast you know I yeah. think for people that like don't like they'll go to yoga teachers that like project that that air of that air of whatever not taking up space whatever that is so I don't I don't want to say it's wrong it's just that that's not you you know no yeah. one's gonna you know I would go to your I do go to your classes you know because mm -hmm. I like that about you you know people like that about me in my classes you know that I do bring an element of my own experience and they're within reason you know um and it's what connects people too so I just wanted to vocalize that I was like people probably like that about you I like that about you <laughs> you know and there are some people that like go to my like classes. I had one student one time go to my classes because I was team teaching with uh, my friend, Julie, an another teacher named Julie that's trauma sensitive yoga. And, you know, she like hated our class. She like dropped out like two days later, which is fine. And I like, <laughs> she was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I was like, that's fine. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, she found she has another teacher and she's really happy. <laughs> so I just wanted to normalize that, that that happens. It's happened to me and not everyone will be your people. Right. But you, but you do that. So your people will feel safe. Right. In the container you have. Right. Exactly. And so that's the not projecting experiences onto people, recognizing that some people may not have, quote unquote, the experience you wanted them to have. Mm -hmm. Well, that's OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And in that situation with that teacher, and I loved it. She like to email me. I was so like, it, I, I thought it was really great. She, I just, it was, it was so healthy. She was like, yeah, I don't like your class. It was like, I was like, thanks for letting me know. I really appreciate that. I was like laughing because it was just so like, not like a typical, like in America, especially like America, like we kind of just like, like, especially women, we kind of like, don't do that. You know, we just kind of fade away you know and like go do something else she was like I didn't like your class and I was like okay thanks for letting me know do you want me to like, give you another option for teachers she goes no I know who my, who my people are I like you I just don't like your class it was really healthy for me I really liked it actually 
And you know what, ultimately that is actually the healthiest response because isn't that ultimately our goal is to have people who are connected to their truth, connected yeah. to their experience and yeah. being able to say, she felt safe enough to say that it wasn't what she wanted. That yeah. is ultimately actually beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was great. I was, I remember telling my boss, I was like, well, I was like, I think she's going to go to so-and-so's class. She goes, well, that's great. She's like, that's like the best p- possible complaint ever. <laughs> but you, you, it wasn't even a complaint. It was just a suggestion. It was just, an, it was just a, an opinion, you know? So I think that that was really healthy. And I really liked that I had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, cause I was like, yeah, not everyone's going to be your people. And like, but that was just a point for me to be like, Hey, I'm going to still showing up being myself doing the things I do. Cause I'm going to attract my people. And whoever her teacher is, is, is going to is gonna have an awesome student like her. Because she's a great woman. She's awesome. You know, she's just, I'm just, she's just not my yoga student, right? <laughs> and that's okay. And I guess to, to wrap it up, I would say no, nobody, there's not a person on the planet that wants to be forced to have an experience or do something. It's one of our, our little quirks as humans is that we all have a bit of stubbornness in us. So the, the toddler child that's like, no, I want to do it my way. So whenever someone senses that, whether it's therapy, yoga, nursing, I, I see it a lot in my practice of nursing. When they don't feel like they get to express themselves, have their experience, do whatever they feel like they need to do, they're going to rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when we can just hold that space for someone to say, it is okay for you to have whatever experience you need to have right now, I'm providing a space for that, then people will actually enter in. But they have to actually feel like that it is actually okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that is really tricky and it's really hard. I will, like, I will fully admit it's not easy because then if you acknowledge that, then you do actually have to let someone have an experience. And what if that means they start sobbing uncontrollably or, mm-hmm. right. And I hear that all the time from people of all different kinds of providers, but, but what if it actually happens? What do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right. And it's, it's scary then to be able to to continue holding that space for someone because they right they don't want you to fix it they just need to have it right right yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a lot of people I think I see that a lot right now in people just needing to have certain yeah just needing to have a lot of space holding right now and um a lot of validation and being seen I see yeah. that in myself I need it I mean yeah. let's be honest I need it you know, and, you know, I've noticed that come up in me a lot and that echoes for a lot of people I'm around. So yeah, totally, totally. So that's how I ended up in your, in your yoga class, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Come full circle. I was like, that's how I ended up in your yoga class, you know, so I can't wait to do more of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for the work you do. And yeah. I'm really happy about, um, your pregnancy. I, that's just really cool to celebrate that and just call attention to that right now. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. So really excited for you. Um, so where can people find you and your, um, scheduling stuff like that? Well, 
I live on Instagram. I've that's the platform I love. Um, mm-hmm. So underscore Corey Angel, all over case on Instagram. And I have my own podcast as well called The Awakened Body. And you can find that on all the platforms. Um, and I do offer a lot of free res- resources on the podcast. So if you're looking for something to dip your toes in, you might find um, I have a, like a yoga nidra and meditations and just different things on there um, as a way to as an invitation, as just a way for people to explore and, and maybe enter into something if they feel like it. So you have lots of tips and tricks over there and yeah, just love to, to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything you do. I really appreciate it. All right. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to stop the recording. All right, cool. All right. Bye everyone. All right.